Hi, it's Dwyer on Easter Sunday. Gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Let me thank my girl for allowing me to slip away from family festivities to do a boxing video here on a holiday. She knows I have uh, this fight on my mind. Let's talk about it. Errol Spence's destruction of your Dennis Ugas. Now, let me just make a few points here. First, I was wrong on this one, including the hedge. First, let's be as clear as possible. I thought Ugas would win the fight. I thought Ugas was fighting a diminished Errol Spence, whose last three fights went the distance. A guy who had been in a major car crash, a guy who was coming off of major eye surgery. Second, my hedge was the over 10 and a half rounds, which is the midway point of the 11th round. This fight ended in the 10th round, so I lost on both sides of the hedge. Hence, I'm jittery on Easter Sunday. <laughs> in any event, other things worked out, but let me acknowledge here and let me tip my hat to Spence, right? Uh, the post-fight video is going to stay up, folks. You know my style. Um, I was wrong here, and the fighter proved me wrong. Let me also tip my hat to his superstar trainer and his team, uh, Derek James, who also trains 154-pound champion Jamel Charlo, whose next fight will be for the undisputed title in that weight class. Now, many things surprised me here, right? Many things, we'll just talk about the ones I was able to write down. First, the uh, spacing, right? I was surprised early Spence's outside, but then Errol Spence becomes Errol Spence. Right, sooner or later, Errol Spence was gonna get in the pocket and was gonna throw hooks. Right, but it's striking. It's striking to see a slugger who has a back foot game, who understands movement to the point where Spence is never cornered up against the ropes. Right? He's outside, he's moving around. You know his real game is throwing hooks up close. But he has another zone that he gets in. And it was striking to me the early rounds where Spence is staying outside. I thought he would stay outside. But let's just say, as we'll discuss here, he gets back to being Errol Spence. I didn't think that was possible. Let me also say, too, that Spence, from the outside, and this is high-level stuff, he starts to fight outside, right? Let's say arm's length away from Ugas, but yet Spence, with timing, is still able to get to Ugas's body. In other words, while Spence is outside, there are moments where he gets inside, and he's committed to taking out Ugas's body from the start of the first round. I thought the timing was excellent. Understand he's hitting Ugas with body shots, but yet, Ugas can't land his uppercut, one of his best punches, 
because Spence usually is too far away from Ugas. I thought the sequencing that allows Spence to land body shots while being too far away from Ugas was uh, excellent, right? Let me just say, too, that Spence, this fight, was much better. Let me underline the word much than he was during the Danny Garcia fight, right? There's no rust, even though he hasn't fought for a while, right? There was no eye problem, right? There is at one point in the fight, we'll get to it, but for most of the fight, there's no eye problem, no eye concern, even though he's just had stamina. Even with the layoff, there's no stamina problem. None whatsoever, right? Spence looks fresh. Spence is getting off first, right? His volume is A+. Plus. He's the one initiating contact. He's not the fighter off surgery who is trying to survive and who's trying to shake off rust. No, that's not him. He's the one who's starting the combinations, who's starting the interaction with Ugas. Let me also say that his timing was crisp. In other words, he starts the interaction, then he knew exactly when Ugas would get start going and he would back away. Right? Let me uh, mention a few things now. And you can imagine, if you were someone like me who had money on the opponent, this was a horror show. In the seventh round, Errol Spence is as good as I've ever seen him. Right? In my pre-fight video, I was talking about, you know... Is Errol Spence still Errol Spence? Could he get above 50% Errol Spence? In the seventh round, Errol Spence is 100% Errol Spence. Now, he had a bad sixth round, which we'll talk about. If you're a Spence critic, if you're wondering about Crawford against Spence... Right? If you're wondering about Jaron Ennis or Virgil Ortiz against Spence, the sixth round is the most important round of the fight. But let's talk about the seventh round. This is the Spence you know. Right, The early rounds is a different guy. The early rounds is the Mikey Garcia version of Errol Spence. By the way, I put this fight on par with the Mikey Garcia fight, which I thought was one of Spence's best fights ever. Right? Understand, today, I consider Mikey Garcia to be a future Hall of Famer. Right? Understand, Ugas was an Olympic bronze medalist. Right? Distinguished amateur. And Ugas, who I know has some losses, to me is one of the best opponents Spence has ever fought. Right? The Mikey Garcia and Ugas fights are 
among Spence's best work. Well, the seventh round of this fight, Errol Spence is back on his front foot. This isn't the guy who's maintaining a lot of space. No, this is the guy who's so close to you that his head's a problem. This is the guy who is so confident being close to you that he's coming in and creating spaces with his head. So in the seventh round, you get 100% of Errol Spence. Spence shows you in the middle of this fight that the skills that rose him to the top inside, deep in the pocket, against the guy whose game is tailored for you to be coming after him. Spence shows you why he's Errol Spence. Right? This is the sport at the highest level. So let me just say this. Spence is fighting small. For the math types here, Spence is fighting small. Right, this is a 5'9 guy who bends. You cannot find his body, especially with the level of artillery that he's firing back at you. In other words, you're dealing with a gifted puncher who is in front of you, has his head close to your chin. So you're mindful of Spence's head. In other words, you know you can't just dive forward because you're going to clash with Spence's head. Right now, there are some fighters who will say, all right, player, I'll put my head up against your head. Let's see who blinks. Here, Ugas blinks. Also, the referee is warning Spence. I believe he's warning Spence about his head. Right? We see that in the eighth round. Well, Spence has his head right in front of you, and he's bent. It's very important. He is bent, and he's athletic, right? So while he's bent down and his body is behind him, in other words, think of it as a phone booth. Spence's head is in the phone booth with you. He's that close to you. But his body is not. Right? His head stands you up. Opponents can't allow this dynamic to happen. And the key is Spence is not only throwing short punches. In other words, there's no big windup. Spence is here, and he can just lean his body and get off hellacious shots. Right? But Spence is doing it in combination. And as they tell you on the broadcast, Spence is mixing up the types of punches. Right, folks, this is the A-plus in the sport. Right, the seventh round, you know, here I was hoping for a diminished Spence. Right, Spence jumps in the pocket. I thought, okay, well, he's up against Ugas, who handled Manny Pacquiao in the pocket. 
Let's see what happens. Let's see if that car crash shows up here. It didn't. Let me also say, too, watch Spence closely. You'll notice not only is he throwing short punches, but he does it in a way where he still has his defense. In other words, as he leans this way to throw a short punch, that other hand is up here. He doesn't have to worry about the body because he's fighting small. He's low. The body is hidden. So it's incredible because in the seventh round, Errol Spence is right in front of Ugas. Right, he's right in front of Ugas. He's exactly where Manny Pacquiao ran into trouble. But Ugas can't readily find Spence's body. Because while Pacquiao is fighting upright, Pacquiao, shorter fighter than Spence, is fighting upright and comes in with offensive ammunition. Spence comes in with his body hidden. That's what the lean does for you. And Spence has his hands up. So you have to reach for his body he has his head right by your chin, so reaching's a problem. You're going to have to find a way to get around his head. Folks, this continues. Right, The seventh round is a Spence masterpiece. If you're doing a retrospective on Errol Spence's career, you can literally just dissect the seventh round. That's a masterpiece. Then we get to the eighth round, and I let's just say Spence has his head close to Ugas. Spence is using his head to create openings. But I didn't think it was flagrant enough for the referee to actually stop the fight for a second there. Well, the ref stops the fight to warn Spence, and then Spence, who's mentally tough, gets right back in the saddle. He's unrattled, right? Because he understands, and it's a shocker if you're an Ugas fan. He understands that his front foot in the pocket game against Ugas, a guy who's prepared to deal with guys crashing the pocket. Think Manny Pacquiao. And by the way, Pacquiao, Southpaw, just like Spence. Ugas had only lost once in the past to a southpaw. I think he was something like 5-1 and one or 6-1 and one against southpaws. Here's Errol Spence in the pocket, doling out punishment and having the upper hand, decidedly so, right? He swells up Ugas's eye. Well, Ugas never gets back in the fight. Occasionally, Ugas would time it perfectly and land a big body shot on Errol Spence. But Ugas doesn't have a lot of KOs in the second half of fights. And you got the feeling there was a power differential between the two. There comes a time in this fight where Errol Spence can take Ugas's best shot. Now, let's back up a little bit. And let's talk about an interesting round. It was scored improperly. Because of referee error, it happens. In the sixth round, 
you have a moment that's interesting. Understand, Spence's bad eye is his left eye. He is a southpaw. So his right eye is the eye he has out front. Right? You'll see him religiously guarding that left eye. Now, my read on the sixth round, and you need to watch it for yourself. My read on the sixth round is that Ugas is able to land flush on Spence's surgically repaired eye. It throws Spence off. It happens fast. So then Ugas, after hitting him in that eye, is able to come forward. Lands more shots. And knocks Spence down. Now what do I mean by the knockdown? Right? Look. Officially, there was no knockdown in the sixth round. You and I know that the ropes cannot hold you up when you fall into them. Spence gets hit so hard that he staggers over to the ropes. And the ropes hold him up. Now, this is boxing. Boxing might as well be called poker. Right? Fighters get drilled. And then they try to act like they're buying groceries. Right? They try to act like, oh, what? You know, I wasn't hurt. What, what, what's the big deal here? Spence puts on his best apathetic face. His best, hey, what, what's the big deal? I'm here watching paint dry. Nothing real happened here. You and I know that if the ropes aren't there, Errol Spence hits the canvas. That should have been called a knockdown. Errol Spence is not leaning on the ropes voluntarily. He gets hit. I believe the announcers missed the fact that it's a surgically repaired eye. Right, Al Bernstein, Morrow, great crew, they do a great job. But I believe they missed this call. Spence gets hit. Spence goes over to the ropes. Right? Falls into the ropes. Folks, that's a knockdown. Now, don't get me wrong. The knockdown wouldn't have put Ugas back into the fight on the scorecards. Truth be told, Spence is dominating the fight up until this point. Right? But let's just say... If I'm Ennis, if I'm Crawford, more importantly, I'm looking at that round and I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, wait a moment. What happened there? Let me say this too. The scene gets further covered up. Because Spence, who may have been dazed and confused, he certainly looked dazed and confused. Mysteriously loses his mouthpiece. Right, so the referee then stops the fight. Picture this timing. The referee stops the fight after Spence drops into the ropes so that they can put Spence's mouthpiece back in. 
right? Good opportunity for Spence to go over and look at his corner and get his wits about him. That's the best chance Ugas had to win this fight. And it passes. Let me just say, too, you can tell the way Spence has been hyper-aggressive. That when the action continues, you can sense that Spence just had his bell rung. That's what sets up the seventh round. Right? Spence comes out in the seventh round to make a statement. He does. But let's talk about that sixth round. Let's talk about the opening. That's what it is for opponents. We're all human. None of these guys is unbeatable. Let me just make a few points here. First, to beat Spence, and it's a challenge to fighters out there, right? To beat Spence, you're going to have to force him to throw long punches, right? You cannot allow his head and his short punches to govern the day. Right? If Spence's head is in your face and being a factor, you're fighting the wrong fight against Errol Spence. If you're going to be in the pocket, you have to make sure that your shoulder takes care of Errol Spence's head. You can't give him an opportunity to use his head to create openings. You need to establish slightly different angles. Right? Let me say, too. But if you're outside, you have to move more than Ugas does in the early rounds of this fight to force Spence to throw long punches. You have to get Spence off rhythm. You can't have him outside, then able to come inside, land a body shot, then get back outside. If he's going to hit your body, you need to force him to reach just like he's forcing you to reach. So the early rounds against Spence might be a bit slower because you don't want a pocket to form. Certainly not one where Spence is comfortable and he's able to get in rhythm throwing short punches and using his head to create openings. So I believe an opponent... And by the way, Crawford does this very well against Sean Porter. I believe an opponent has to use his hand as a measuring stick. Think the second Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight. In other words, it's very hard for a ref to stop a guy who looks like he's throwing, you know, jabs with his offhand when really what he's doing is just sticking out that hand to establish distance between him and his opponent, right? He's not snapping it like a punch. What he's really doing is just sticking the hand out there to create distance. You need to do that with Errol Spence. Because if you take Spence out of his short punch game, the Errol Spence of the 7th, 8th, ninth rounds here 
if you can take Spence out of this short punch game. Don't get me wrong, long punch Errol Spence is still a beast. But he's not as effective a beast. As the fighter who was in the seventh round was here. Whatever you can do to slow down this hurricane, you need to try it. Right? Force Spence to throw long punches. Also, figure out, and Crawford's ambidextrous, figure out how to get to Spence's left eye, the one that's away from you. Because here, Ugas's best moment of this fight took place after he hit Spence in that left eye. Well, let's just say, great job by Spence. I'm bitter. I lost both halves of the play. Uh, Spence, of course, is unbeaten. Hindsight's 100%. Um, you know, I should have had as part of my betting portfolio, because you were getting significantly better than even money odds, the prop that the fight doesn't go the distance. Right? I was expecting this one to go several rounds. Let me just say it didn't go as many rounds as I hoped, even though it made it into the 10th round. So that should tell you how off I was on this fight. Um, I give Spence credit here. Let's also be, um, Ugas was badly hurt at times in this fight. Um, let's just say this, though. Before this fight, Spence's last three fights went the distance. In this fight, the stoppage doesn't take place with Ugas hitting the canvas. The stoppage is really an injury stoppage. Right? Spence being able to riddle Ugas to the point where Ugas's eye closed. It's a good stoppage. Ugas could not see out of that eye. Right? It's a good stoppage. But an opponent has to think, hey, I haven't seen Spence knock a guy out in some time, right? He gets the stoppage here, but Ugas is completely lucid. It's just that his eye gives out, right? So we're talking about boxing at the very elite level. We're talking about guys like Crawford, Ennis. I believe those two are his main competition at 147. Understand Virgil Ortiz is dealing with some medical issues, hasn't been active, right? The other two guys have been, right? They need to find a way to reach Spence's surgically repaired eye. This is boxing, folks. You go after injuries. They need to find a way to get Spence to throw long punches, which would degrade his defense. And they need to find a way, if they're in the pocket, to change the angles so Spence isn't able to use his head to create openings. Rather, if Spence comes forward with his head, that head needs to run into a shoulder. Think Floyd Mayweather in the pocket. Right? You have to have the angle such that it's a side profile. 
right? Spence would have to foul you to come up on a part of you in the pocket if your shoulder's in the way and you're coming at him sideways. Bernard Hopkins, another person who was good at this. That's how I see it. Spence, let me close by saying, look, Spence clearly is a Hall of Famer, right? I know <laughs> I've read the comments where I'm supposed to have a grudge against Errol Spence, right? There's the Dwyer grudge list. I'm supposed to have a grudge against Spence. I'm supposed to have a grudge against Canelo. Understand, what these guys have in common is they're elite fighters. So we're going to critique them and we're going to get into the weeds in talking about them. Understand, this is not a fan club site. When I'm talking about a Spence, a Canelo, I'm talking about how someone could possibly beat them. Right? Spence was magnificent in this fight. If you want to see A-plus Errol Spence, seventh round. If you want to see some vulnerabilities, some openings for world-class opponents. I'm not saying club fighters can come in and, you know, do this. I'm talking about the best in boxing, Crawford in my eyes, right? Possibly the future best in boxing, Jaron Ennis, right? Let me point out, too, that Spence is a southpaw. He loses some of that uniqueness, doesn't he, against both of the guys I've just named who are both ambidextrous, who both might be native southpaws. Anyway, that's how I see it. I congratulate Spence and his team, masterful performance, Spence, future Hall of Famer, unified at 147. Let's make sure the next fight, folks, is for undisputed at 147. Right? There is no reason why Spence's next opponent should not be Terrence Crawford. And I don't care whether Crawford is a promotional free agent, signs with another group, signs with PBC, right? That next fight, treat the public. Let me close with this. Let's understand history. There are two fighters in the sport right now who are trying to do something I'm not sure has been done before. Right? Understand Usyk was undisputed at Cruiser. He's trying to be undisputed at heavyweight. A second division. Understand, Crawford was undisputed at 140. He wants to be undisputed at 147. Right? The press, boxing fans, we need to demand, demand that the Tyson Furies of the world and the Errol Spences of the world prove to us, prove to us why both men don't deserve it if they are arguably the best in their new divisions. Right? As I like to say, this is the second act for Terrence Crawford. Right? This is some Tom Brady stuff. This is some LeBron James stuff. Where the guy's already in the Hall of Fame, right? Has already had the Hall of Fame career. And he's lingering because he has a, an itch that he needs to scratch.
Right? Being great is not enough for guys like this because they feel they need to hit their ceiling. Right? So you just saw in the NBA, LeBron James have, from a scoring perspective, the best year. The best year by far. Anybody at his age has ever had an NBA history. Right? He's not going to be the MVP, but you understand, LeBron James has goals even after four rings. Right? He has goals that he needs to reach. Right? Terrence Crawford has goals that he needs to reach. Forget what he's done. Forget what the regular guy would be satisfied with. Now, I get the feeling Errol Spence himself understands, because Spence wants to be undisputed. Right? Let's be clear. In a sport with Canelo, in a sport with Gervonta Davis, with Cambrosis and Devin Haney, right? In that sport, the biggest fight outside of the heavyweight division, and let's let's be clear here, the heavyweight division is a different planet. Right? We want to pretend other divisions can pull 94,000 people to a fight. You know that's not happening. Outside of the heavyweight division, by far, the best fight that can be made in boxing is unbeaten, unified, 147-pound champion, Errol Spence, against unbeaten, already undisputed, in another weight class, Terrence Crawford. Right, folks, it's not close. You don't get two unbeaten guys who firmly have huge portions of the boxing public believing in their supremacy, able to fight for the undisputed championship, right? That just doesn't happen. You don't have that at 154, right? Let's remember Tony Harrison, who recently won a fight, beat Jamel Charlo, right? Let's be, let's be clear on that, right? Here you have two unbeaten guys two unbeaten guys, one who's already been undisputed. You don't have that at 154. One who's already been undisputed, who can prove to the public that they're the best in the division, right? If anyone stops this fight from happening, let's just be clear here, right? I'm a fan. I'm not interested in, you know, the power structure and all that other crap. I just want to see who's the best. I'm the consumer. If anybody does anything foolish to stop this fight for no justifiable reason, right? We'll understand if someone is cut in sparring or has an injury and needs surgery. Okay, there are some things where even hardcore fans like me will say, okay, look, I, I understand why the guy can't take this fight. But if any manager, if any promoter, steps in and says, we're not going to allow this fight to happen, right? Or worse, does some nonsense move where they say this fight can happen if 
one of these guys fights for me under my label for two or three fights, and we pushed this, even though both guys are already in their 30s, into 2023. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I personally will be booing anytime I see that guy on TV or that woman. Let's face it, boxing is more progressive than most sports. I'll be booing if I see that person on TV. Right? I'll be upset. I'll be upset. I'm not going to buy it if these guys can't reach an agreement. Right? Years ago at heavyweight, people know this is a sore subject for me. A lot of the world believed that Anthony Joshua is the best in the division. Some believed it was Deontay Wilder. Joshua unbeaten at the time. Wilder unbeaten at the time. We were talking about the glamour division, the heavyweight division. Big moment in its history. And you mean to tell me the people around those two couldn't, with millions to divvy up, come to an agreement on a fight? If I hear that Spence and Crawford can't reach an agreement on a fight, how hard is it to say, look, player, I recognize you. You're the only person in the world who could give me the status of undisputed in the division. How hard is it to say, player, here's 50%. <laughs> Let's get this done. I have a video of an old school guy, Roy Jones, in my favorites folder here on YouTube, right? And Roy Jones flatly says, look, if a fight like this, you know, if a big fight doesn't happen, then the other fighter needs to stand up and say, somebody's afraid here. The press needs to say, somebody's afraid here. Right? To the boxing insiders, give us the fans. The level of fight you didn't give us years ago with Joshua against Wilder. Give us Spence Crawford this year. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Happy Easter.